There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. Canva presentations might be the most visually impressive presentations you'll ever use. Start with a stunning template, use it as a springboard for your design, add images, graphics, charts, and data visualizations from the massive media library. It's easy to wow any audience with Canva presentations. Canva presentations are perfect for any deck you want to design for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can nail their presentation with Canva presentations. Perfect, record, and share a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. You'll appear in a video as a talking head on the slide, and it's the perfect solution if you can't be present in person or if time zones are tricky. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Bowen. And we want to introduce you to the new cantina menu at Taco Bell. Ooh! It's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients. Great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself. The slow-roasted chicken, Mm. pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Okay! With new menu options like cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla, there's something for everyone. With this new cantina chicken menu, the possibilities are endless. Try the new cantina Tina chicken menu at Taco Bell. Forever! Dog! Hi guys, we're here to tell you about some amazing live shows we have coming up across the country. Oh, all over the world, across the globe. Well, you know, we're going to start with the United States of America and then see where we go. And we'll go from there. Yeah, so you guys, Vulture Fest is going to be our first stop on Saturday, May 19th. At 8.30 p.m. at Milk Studios, we are going to be presenting, let me just give you the whole title of the show, Las Culturistas presents the Vulture Festival Segment Festival. It's going to be so, so fun. We're jam-packing a bunch of amazing segments into one show, into one hour, because we have a stringent time limit in the space, which means we have stringent time limits for the segments. Yes, you know we're going to be doing some I Don't Think So Honeys, and you know we're going to be... premiering a little new voice mem oh you bitch and maybe there's gonna be some new segments too featuring your favorite guests from the Las Culturistas canon yes and they'll all be joining us to play these amazing games do these amazing segments and just chat with us and catch up yeah we're so excited about it we love our our family over at Vulture we're so excited to be a part of Vulture Fest so go ahead and get your tickets now again that's Saturday May 19th at 8.30pm and then what's next on the docket Bo? well next on the docket is we'll be in San Francisco for Clusterfest on June 2nd. We have a show that's going to be so, so, so jam-packed with amazing performers, even a star or two. Oh, you could say that there's there's performers and then there's stars. So it'll be at the Civic Center <laughs> 
in San Francisco. It'll be so, so fun. We can't believe we're sharing this lineup with so many amazing performers. But you'll see some really familiar faces there while you're there to see us in San Francisco. We can't wait to meet you guys out there. Yes, Saturday, June 2nd, actually at 4 p.m. Mm -hmm. That's when we're going to be performing at Comedy Central's Clusterfest. We're literally so excited and honored to be on that bill. And Matt, what's next? Well, what's next is going to have to be our I Don't Think So Honey debut on the West Coast in Los Angeles. We are going to be at Echoplex on Tuesday, June 12th at 9 p.m. You guys are not even ready for this lineup. We aren't going to be in Los Angeles for very long, so we got the best of the best to come on and serve one minute each of their I Don't Think So Honeys. You, you've, you've heard the show on our podcast. You've maybe come seen it live. If you're on the West Coast and you can't make it to Clusterfest, you must come out to Echoplex on Tuesday, June 12th. It's going to be so fun. We're really stacking this like we've never stacked anything before. It's going to be really, really, really great. And yeah. People have been asking us for an L.A. show for a long time, and here we are delivering, Mama. Yeah, yeah. So check it out. And this is down the road, you guys, but then at the end of June, uh, it's going to be us. Friday, June 29th. We're going to be at the Bell House again, but maybe you'll hear a little bit more about that later. For now, why don't you just focus on Vulturefest, Clusterfest, and Los Angeles' very own I Don't Think So, Honey. Focus up on those three, and then we'll talk, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't tax your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we've got too many taxes. Am I right? Oh, oh boy, boy, bitch. Look, man. There. Oh, I see. Wow. Oh, my. Bowen, look over there. Wow. Is that Ooh. culture? Oh, yes. My goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Las Culturistas. Ding dong. Las Culturistas calling. And if you noticed, I seem a little bit relaxed. Well, it's because it was a beach day. Oh, you literally went to the barge. Do you feel that I am. Do you, do you feel like I any color? I didn't notice, to be I honest. I did on the back of my calves. Okay. Because I was literally face down in my towel reading a book. Oh, my God. We'll get to the book in a second. We sure will. You've got that Greek melanin going on, the, the hints of it. Just a little a little sun kissing today. The olive-toned melanin. Although it's at first very warm day where it's like, I'm going to the beach. Yeah. And then it's you get there and it's not. Your parents were, there with, were with you? I went with my parents. Great. It was lovely to see them. Good and we were all much. reading books, which I don't think ever happened. Lovely. Before we get to what you were reading, what were your, what were your folks reading? My dad was reading a book called Ghost Warriors. Okay. And I think it was about, he's very into history, so I think it was about either Revolutionary War or Civil War, like... Oh, I think I've heard about this book. Yeah, okay, so he was reading that. Yeah, okay. He loves history, actually. Now that, now that, oh no, wait, I can't reveal this. But I got him a very good birthday present. He listens. He listens. Okay. He's going to listen to this episode because we were talking about what I was reading and he was very interested. Great. So um, I can't reveal, but I will reveal soon on the podcast the first really good gift because now that like, not that I have a lot of money, but now that I have some money at mm-hmm, all, I was mm-hmm. like, I want to get my parents a nice gift. That's I've good. never been able to do that. So I got them the first ever nice gift and I will reveal on the podcast wow. soon what that was because I'll be excited How about suspenseful. it. suspenseful. What was Katrina reading? Um, I don't know. I think it was probably Probably something, something a little bit lighter than Ghost Warriors. Okay. Um, I, I, I couldn't say. It was... Um, let's oh, go ahead and make up pach- the... Pachinko. Yeah, let's yeah, say it was I, Pachinko. I have to, I'm only referencing Pachinko because I have to read it. You're a big what? reader. What are you reading right now? I'm reading... Well, I just finished our guest's book. That's true. And uh, I'm reading some other stuff for the pod for some people we're going to have on that I'm really excited okay, about. Okay, yes. And then... 
Um, <laughs> so all this is cryptic information. So listeners cryptic. are like, what the fuck is the, is the birthday gift he got his dad? I know, what book I know. is he reading? Listeners, you're going to just have to stay tuned stay for tuned. all this information. Okay, but let's talk about what we both read. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the first book by our resplendent guest, who is the uh, second lost uh, guest of the lost episode. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up because it's such a sensitive we, topic with HPJ. We just have to bring it up just once. And he we'll is over. fully traumatized by this. Oh. And like, listen, this we had a lost episode. It was an amazing episode with our guest. And it's okay. We lost I, the audio right after we did. We I don't think so, honey. We literally didn't. I don't, we did, all three did our I don't think so, honeys. Our guest turned an incredible I don't think so, honey. And I don't want to, we'll talk about what it was. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, she's yeah. moved on to other topics. Right. But um, it was really heartbreaking. It was a, it was tragic. But it's making for a great intro. Yes, yes! and this so episode. you yes! might be wondering whose voice was that. <laughs> um, I will tell you, the author of Well That Escalated Quickly, which is coming out on May twenty second, and you guys, Bowen and I both read this, and we've been talking about it. Yeah. It's amazing. It's 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 really. I'll let her tell you what it's all about, but. It's so applicable. I think everyone, especially if you're a listener of this podcast, I would imagine that you're engaged on social media and interested in social justice. So this is like really something for you. Like I really want everyone to go pick this up and read this. May 22nd, it comes out nationwide. And also the star of Decoded. You've seen her on The Nightly Show with Larry Wilmore. Um, Come on. Come on. And then, and of course, the podcast. Last Name Basis. Last Name Basis. Patrick. Patrick. And we're going to talk about Patrick. Yes, we will discuss Patrick. Okay. As Patrick <laughs> is also a topic in the book. He gets a whole chapter, baby. And the topic of the life of our friend and our guest, Miss Francesca, Francesca Ramsey. <laughs> I have been waiting so long for you to come back because you were you were so gracious at the end when we lost it. You were like, "Oh, come back!" and I was like, "I'm so embarrassed." And then okay, and then we went home and we like sort of processed what happened. And then you were the one, rather than having us send you an email being like, "We're so sorry," you sent us an email being like, "Guys, I had so much fun. Thanks for having me." Like the most gracious thing. (laughs) Well, I I mean, like technical difficulties happen. Yes, they do. And especially as someone who is not just like a performer and a writer, but I'm also like a creative and a producer I have been there like mm-hmm. I have had yeah. so many times where I have spent hours working on something and tweaking and perfecting and then it crashes and it's gone and yeah. there's no one to blame you know you're just sitting there like you are angry Ugh. but it's not your fault and no, right. it's not really the computer's fault like, it just happens it's nobody's yeah. fault yeah. It, the thing that t- it, it did take me months to get over it <laughs> if only because if only because we talked about so much good stuff like yeah. that was right after you worked with Taraji oh my gosh uh, yeah. I, oh yes so that was for women who rock yeah black girls black rock. girls rock yeah i mean i here's the thing we have such a great chemistry it's oh, so true it was that no matter what like <laughs> microphones on or no microphones it's gonna be a lit conversation look absolutely we walked and i walked in and i saw them two just chatting away and i was like oh this is gonna be cute this is gonna be fun it has always been that it's way. always been that i know way. i wanted to stop myself i was like all of this is great podcast material it's great podcast material from the jump because when we met is when i did a little guest spot yes. on decoded you've been on decoded a number of that times 
Yeah, I've been I think three or four times, and mm-hmm. I even helped write an episode. He's recurring. Um, <laughs> yes, she's recurring. If you check the IMDb, although it's not in my IMDb, you can put that yourself. Oh out no, I guess I honey, we will, we will fix. We that. will fix that. I, I'm an. I want to be known for. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay, so this, I remember very fondly because we did a sketch called, uh, which was, um, "Where are you from?" Yes, and well, you talk about Dakota. Tell, tell us all what so, Dakota is. Uh, MTB Decoded is a web series about the intersection of race and pop culture and identity. We've really expanded to talk about stuff that's not just race. Um, Our friend Patty Harrison has been on a few episodes um, recently. So we talk about gender as well. Um, And so we did this episode called Where Are You From? Which is about the experience that lots of people of color have where someone says, where are you from? But then they go, no, but where are you from? And um, Matt and I were on a date. In the sketch, it was a cute date. So it was very cute. It was a coffee day too. Taking things <laughs> slow, daylight, like, daylight pouring in. I think it that my gorgeous. character, like, I don't know who picked the place, but if my character picked the place, I was like, good job, good job, yeah. good job. It was very bad cute. job and everything else. Yeah. Oh, he was all in my business. Would not take Florida for an answer, and that is the answer, sir. Yes. I'm from Florida. Yes, yes. Um, yes. but it was so fun. We were cracking up the entire time. That was so because it was just it got like really weird and existential and like straight we had like a cosmos moment in there it was yeah just that was that weird. episode got surreal yeah it was funny yeah that's right. yeah it was so funny and also like love the producer love Cornaver uh, brown Cornaver brown shout outs to them Andrew shout outs to them a little shout out yeah yes he does yes he does and another shout out in this book and i also met this person on that day oh and this is fave. another reason why i was so <laughs> bummed that we lost the episode yeah. because we talked all about delina that's my Do girl tell them who delina is delina is one of my best girlfriends but she's also my makeup artist mm-hmm. and you know, I like not to say that I'm like someone who wears a lot of makeup, but you always think you know. Like you're like, I know how to do take care of what I need to take care of. Right. Not till you have a professional yes. come in and slay your face. Yes. <laughs> that's when you're like, oh, I know nothing. Yeah. Wow. I don't know anything. And that's how it was when I first met Delina. And she's just a, like a gem and she's the full-time makeup artist on Decoded. And she yep. does my makeup for all my red carpets and anytime I'm on TV and She's just fantastic. She's so fun. And you can follow her at Delina Medin. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the way, you, and I'm just going to get into the book, the way you write about her in the book, it's as if it was, I mean, it, it is like a turning point for you because you were talking about mm-hmm. developing Decoded and then like just shooting a bunch of stuff and then being like, oh, shit. And just tell me if this is inaccurate, but being like, oh, shit. I don't know how to do my own makeup. I yeah. need to bring outsource this to No, else. we filmed three episodes of Decoded and then MTV was like, so <gasps> this is not the business. Okay, but honestly. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. Network no. notes on the makeup. <laughs> I, is that, are we okay No, with but that? here's the thing. Here's the thing. No, I'm okay with it because like everyday makeup and TV makeup are so different. Like, you oh, know when my, you meet yeah. a celebrity and you're like, holy shit, she had so much makeup on. Yeah, yeah. And then you take the iPhone picture and you're like, whoa. Oh, they look amazing. They look amazing, and I look like a mole rat. Uh. It's because, like, one HD cameras, but even like if you're taking with a shitty camera, like making sure that you have powder on. And I'm talking, I'm serious. Like I like don't wear foundation very often. Like I do now, but I was on camera with no foundation on, no powder on, just like some eyeliner and mascara. And I was like, all right, let's do this. I was all like shiny and greasy. Uh Like I just. 
I didn't look like someone who was hosting a show. Right. Okay. You All feel right. me? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so it really was one of those things where I had met her on set for a web series mm-hmm. like maybe the week or two before. And we really hit it off when we've been texting about podcasts strangely enough because yeah. I was like why aren't you listening to Cereal this is when Cereal had just come out uh, and I was yeah, like are was, you listening to Cereal honestly yeah it was like three years, three years ago. ago and she was like no what are you talking about I was like girl you need to listen to this like we, I was just telling her about it so we started texting and then when MTV came back to me and said listen we gotta reshoot these I was like I don't know what I'm gonna do and mm-hmm. then I texted her and I was like listen this is so last minute but is there any way you could do my makeup for this and she was she had a full time job she was working in like pharmaceuticals oh, yeah. she wasn't even a makeup artist oh full time she was doing it on the side and then Decoded became like her full time job yeah which was you know just like a blessing that I was able to be like can you please help me I'll be able to pay you and then she was able to take that and start her career from it that's awesome and she gives you exactly not only is it incredible hair and makeup but also yes good conversation yes hey you can be talking about anything, and Delina has a she, she like she just like is so engaging. She's hilarious. Hair and makeup people are my favorite people on the set. We and you know what? Here's the thing too: is you want to be nice to those people because uh-huh. they will make or break you. Not that you are doing it to be fake, but I cannot tell you how many times I've been on set and I've been like, you have an attitude, and the last person you should have an attitude with is the one who's going to make sure if you yeah. look cute or not. Absolutely, it's HMU, baby. It's rule of culture number thirty nine. You be, be nice, nice to, to HMU. <laughs> and honestly, if you t- if you're nice to the right ones, and if the right ones are on set, not that there's like a right or They'll wrong. Give you one, little tips, or they give you fucking products. <gasps> yes, I had someone for this recurring thing for like three weeks straight put slather like $300 Lemaire on my face every I day. I had no idea how expensive that shit was. It's That's nuts. another thing. Yeah. That's another thing that like when we sometimes do like a little bit of light drag or to use makeup, that's another thing. Like women have to pay so much fucking money yeah. for yeah. makeup. And to all female listeners, I cannot even fathom that's the amount need, of money that you guys are spending. That's why you need a makeup artist friend who has a little discount. Yes. And then you hit up that Venmo and you just say, well, I'll hit you back, girl. Yes. Perfect. So the, here's another <laughs> thing, though. Hair and makeup people, they like they usually are so friendly and down to earth, so they're friends with everyone. So if you are nasty to a hair and makeup person, oh, they'll tell everybody. just know yes. that they have relationships with everybody. Uh-huh. Be nice to everyone. Honestly. Not that you shouldn't be nice to everyone right. always at all times, but like it, if you're having a bad day, don't take that out on hair and makeup no. and, and also I actually heard some tea this production that I will not name <gasps> one of the actresses like was difficult okay. Um, and now the showrunner like will not work with them on any other projects because of the way they treated hair and makeup because they didn't want the assistant to do their makeup. They had to have the top person do their makeup. This is like a secondary person on the show so just know that word travels around when you're rude to people on set and hair and makeup are not the people to fuck with. I will never understand that. Like, if you are blessed enough to have the opportunity mm-hmm. to play, like, literally, we get paid to play, play. and have a good time yep. and dress up and tell stories, which is just, like, so fun, right? Mm-hmm. You're not doing brain surgery. Nope. No. So to come onto set and be nasty to somebody is just, I, I never will understand that. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing the easiest job being a talent, <laughs> uh, truly. Like, I mean, I- <laughs> for real, for real. <laughs> and here's the thing: is like, also, there's ways to get around it. Like, if it's gonna be a late night, sleep before. 
Like, you, oh, I'm I just see. Saying, like one time, one time I found myself feeling cranky on a set because the call time was 7 p.m. And it didn't shoot. 7 p.m.? 7 p.m. And okay. so then you were doing like overnight? So I was, and I didn't know that. I, I haven't been on too many sets, but I found like 1 a.m. rolled around and we hadn't even like done anything. And I was like, oh no, I didn't prepare for this. That's your own fault. Literally, right. don't take that out on anyone else. So I just found myself kind of like sitting in the corner, like si- silently, like breathing through my nose and at my mouth because I was so tired. Yeah. But like, if you allow that to show up, like, girl, not no. to mention like millions of other people would kill to be right in that spot oh, that yeah, you are yeah, in yeah. right Absolute. now. Like how many people audition and, or yeah. just like don't even have an agent or yeah. like sending out those headshots and like sending out those reels of like stand up and shit. Like just, you know, taking yeah. improv one Oh one, just trying to get their foot in the door. Yeah. And here you are like rolling your eyes because you're like, <laughs> craft yeah. services doesn't have <laughs> yeah. soy milk. Like <laughs> soy milk. <laughs> My thing, my like craft services like requirement and I, I will throw a fit. <laughs> mm, mm, is if, if they don't have Welch's fruit snacks, I'm flipping a goddamn table. Wow. Oh my god, wow. she's here. Hundo High brow <laughs> shit. I want that blue little bag. <laughs> Wait, can I just say like one time? So when we shot the pilot, I shot I shot a pilot for Comedy Central, and um uh, one of the nights we had a late night mm-hmm. and it was it was difficult, but you know, I got through it and the next morning everybody was like, Francesca, you did great. You did, what can we get for you? Like, oh. What can we do? Because, you know, do you want chocolates? Do you want like what do you want? And I'm like, oh, I'm not really like a chocolate person. Like, what kind of candy? Like any candy you like. <laughs> and I was candy. like, Well, I love gummy bears. I love gummy bears. They're great. And that, um, so they were like, okay, great, great. So then I'm on set that day, and there's a guy with a cup of gummy bears between <gasps> every take coming up to me and being like, do you want a gummy bear? Oh, my God. The first time I was like, no, that's kind of weird. Okay, cool. And then, <laughs> and then I learned that he was that was his job all day. No. Was to stand there with a thing of gummy bears. It was so funny. And at first I was like, this is ridiculous. And by the end I was like, where the fuck? <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't get those gummy bears. The birth of a monster. I am not going on. <laughs> the birth of a monster right there. I you shouldn't have that. offered the gummy bears. Wow. It was so funny. Yeah, it is funny. And I that felt is. bad because I was like, this is really a lot. I just said it very offhanded. Like, yeah, sure. I like gummy bears. Whatever. They were like, you better have those gummy bears for the store. <laughs> that is... That's I mean you, you made it right there. Life goals. That's life goals. Life goals. Speaking of life. Ooh. Let's yes. go back to the beginning. Mm. And let's ask the question that we once asked many months ago. <laughs> got an answer to. But now we must ask again and I'm very excited that we get to ask again which is the question that we ask all of our guests which is Francesca, what was the culture that as you were growing up kind of made you the person that you heart that you are today? What was the pop culture? Well, whether it be a movie, like television, music in your life, circumstances around your upbringing that you decided mm. this is going to fo- form me. Um, I don't remember what I said the last time I was here, but I have been thinking about this recently and I will never forget seeing Moesha in like <gasps> middle school. This is what you said. Did we, we I? We talked about yes. Brandy. Because let me tell you, like <gasps> the braids, the falapi hat, yes. the, like suburban black girl who was like a little prude. Like I remember like her friends having sex and Moesha being like, mm, I don't know about that. And I was yeah. like, yes, this is 
she was so and I also thought it was so cool that she was a singer and an actress and I remembered there was a time in my life where I really thought I was going to be a singer oh god I, I'm, um, all of us yeah I need right. to hear about Columbia Records reaching out <laughs> which is in the book I must hear more about this but yes continue oh, listen, oh god yeah. Um, so yeah like I had this time in my life where I like really wanted to be a singer and yeah. I was just like Brandy is doing it all. I yeah. remember I sang "Sitting Up in My Room" in like yes. the talent show when the I bop. when I was in like sixth grade. I think yes. I think it was sixth grade. I'm dying to see what the outfit was. Oh, oh my god! god. Yeah. I think I was wearing like denim overalls. Yep. And like a floppy hat. Because I was also into Blossom. So it was like a floppy. <laughs> it was like a Moesha meets Blossom moment. Beautiful. Florals on the hat. Yes. I had like the big, like the fake sunflower. Oh, God. What what a time. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Moesha like really spoke to me because it was like wholesome, but it was funny and it was like real. Yeah. yeah. And to me, I was like, wow, that's the career that I want. Like I want mm. a sitcom. I want to have an album. And like she was so confident. And also, for me, she was a different version of blackness on television that I was not used to seeing in terms of the fact that I went to private school and in many spaces I was the only black girl and I would have friends who would say like, oh, you're not like other black girls that Uh I know. And I'm just like, no, I'm like Moesha. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I loved, loved Moesha. Yeah. We we did talk about Brandy last time. No, literally. We did? That's what you said last time. And then we also got into how Brandy... And this is like, it's like a beautiful feeling, HPJ, to know that we're going to get this episode back. Um, <laughs> I turned in and we're crying together. He's holding my hand. We're He's crying. not really. But, um, so then we got into how Brandy actually is widely regarded in like the R&B singing community. As underrated as AF. Not even just underrated, but as an icon of riffing, vocal styling, mm-hmm. just like... There Alto, was, like that, yeah. that like media, like, yeah, she's... She is an icon. She yeah. Is. And like an um, a, apparently a virtuosic pianist. Like she can Really? Oh, I yeah. did not know that. Like she can play the piano really fucking well. And then remember that clip that went around for a little bit when she was in Chicago? In the oh county of Chicago. Yeah. She's always dropping the funniest like but, but she's doing fun little bits like yeah. she's do, like she just like she's at a piano and she's just singing to the camera and she's and she just sings Bish Wet. Oh my god. Bish wet. Over Bish Wet. Yeah. Like she's just doing that over and over and it's the funniest thing. My in the world. there's She's a good. gif of her that is so funny when she was on like 106 in Park, and they were like. Everybody's getting a copy of B- of Brandy's album, and she looks at the camera. She's like, "No, we need to buy the album." <laughs> she was like, "That's great, but like buy it." And it was so funny because it was just so real yeah. of her being like, "Don't give my shit away." No, because honestly, it got rough for her in in terms of selling music yeah. after a while. There, she was one we kind of lost. It's hard to be to make the transition. It's hard to be a musician, period, these days with, like, streaming. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's just the streaming services don't pay very much money. And that's why everybody has to tour and have, like, products and do all this, like, you know, collaborations with brands and all that other stuff. It's really – the whole game has changed for musicians. Yeah. But in terms of longevity, like, that is – almost impossible to like maintain in yeah. a way. And not not saying that she's like succeeded or failed on that criterion alone, but it's like 
That is just, yeah, it's impossible for anybody. Well, she's done what she's had to do. Yes. I mean, like, she she gigs. Like, Chicago no, totally, is like totally. a gig. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, she does her thing. Like, for a while there, I think she was judging America's Got Talent. Yeah. yeah she's always, like, no, gigged. she's working. She's working. And then she, she's always worked. But the, what I think is, not that it's a shame. Well, it's a shame. is because so many people, like, there was an, there, I remember there was a video, which was, like, for maybe her, for her like, 40th birthday or mm-hmm. something. All these R&B singers, including Jennifer Hudson, Mm. were like, Brandy, you are the one. They were like trying to sing little riffs that she had done and like couldn't do it. And I was like, yeah, actually, if you think about it, a lot of music that she makes sound very easy. Is technically difficult. Like the song Have You Ever. Oh my God, yeah. There is some riffing and some like vocal gymnastics at the end of that song, which is like... It's a lot harder than Well, you it know, sounds. Whitney was like her godmother. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like she came up under some really talented vocalists. Mm-hmm. And it also goes back to, I think we talked about this before, but or maybe I just have said this many times. In some ways, I feel like it's more difficult to be a successful singer if you can sing than if you can't sing. Because, like, there's some stuff that just can't really be captured in the studio. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like you need it live and people like to be able to sing along to shit. And if your voice is too good, the general public can't sing along yes. to some shit that's like belting and head voice and big notes. People mm-hmm. want to be able to sing along to stuff that's like repetitive and like easy to digest in that way. Mm-hmm. And so it's like if you have a really good voice, I think it's just really, really hard. Yeah. It's just like, and, right. and that's just like such a strange thing. Like, right. not to say that like every big popular singer doesn't have a good voice, but there's also a lot of people who can really sing and they pull them back in the studio because they're just like, Ooh, this is a little bit too much for like gen pop. I will cite this, the, the person I always cite on this podcast, which is Kelly Clarkson. Oh yeah. I mean, Here's the thing. We started out friends. That's like, yeah, exactly. It's one one hundredth of what she can do. Yeah. And yes, she is belting out the notes in the chorus, but you can still anthemically but the sing range, it along. But the range of the song does not show like what her actual range Capability. is. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, that's, and now that she's singing on the new album, Meaning of Life, and she's kind of letting go in the way she's always wanted to, like in her words, it's stuff that is soulful, pop, very riffy, very kind of emotional and felt but yes you can't hear it on the radio mm-hmm. because people don't know how to do that right yeah they want stuff that has you know a smaller range and and again like there are some singers who can break out of that yeah. but i do think for some people if your voice is too good i think that like music execs are like uh, i don't know like yeah. there's something yeah. about and I don't even want to say her name, but like say her name. But like I think in many ways that's like why Taylor Swift. I knew it absolutely relates is so relatable to girls. Right, like she's a decent songwriter, but like she is pretty, but she like tones down her pretty. So she's like, I'm just like you, right, and yeah, you're like, right. girl, you are six foot tall oh, and yeah. like a size two. Like you're not just like me. And then like her songs are all really you can sing along to them and they're like accessible. It sounds like you're reading from her journal. You know what I mean? And like, there's something about that, that audiences 
really like. It feels like you could be my friend, like you are someone I could hang out with versus – you know, like I fucking love Beyonce, but like Beyonce and I are never going to be friends. <laughs> yeah. Like she no. is a star. Like yeah, she's yeah, not yeah. my friend. She no. is a star. She doesn't belong to us in the way that no. like Taylor Swift wants to. Beyonce's never inviting us over for the cookies. Oh, listen, Beyonce is not inviting me to her fucking house and like sending me Christmas cards and shit. Like, are you kidding me? She's not liking posts. She's not sliding up in my DMs. She's not being like, we are getting, we're besties like no not at all like if she acknowledges me i will be forever thankful and grateful but like you know what i mean like taylor's like trying to be everybody's friend yeah 100 isn't her instagram like taylor swift 13 yeah i I think her her twitter is taylor swift 13 her instagram handles taylor like i'm just like you i couldn't get my own name either (laughs) (laughs) oh my god oh my god i hope no swifties listen to to this podcast oh we've we've come for we've come for her many times okay they tried to get my twitter um shut down (gasps) oh my god Literally, well, that escalated okay, quickly. I mean, yeah, they did. Title book. Yeah, they look. Did. Can we? Say, can okay? Can let's just exchange some Swifty stories. I because okay. obviously you've dealt with this in a much, in a much greater. Mine was volume. very recent, but I'm ready to hear okay, yours. Mine was Election Day 2016. Oh, I don't even know if I know about this. Taylor posts the Instagram of her standing in line, the voting at, at, yes. at, at the at the polls. Mm-hmm. I'm with someone. I'm not going to say who. Right. <laughs> right. And then, so she and then and, and she tweets it, and then I reply like too little too fucking late mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and like and i think i think just the f word just threw people off yeah and swifties latched onto it and they, they were like are aggressive and i was yeah. like they're alt right level probably because um, a lot of them are that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah. let's think about yeah. that i yeah. was just and then i kept being like guys like it's not about like what she owes us and what she does, and it's the fact that she like used feminism as like a marketing exactly, tool. Exactly, exactly. And it's like I was like I was like clapping back with like, and look, like your boy fucking threw down two like three hundred dollars yes, for floor seats at the nineteen eighty nine World Tour yes, because I used did. to love her back in the day. Yeah, but now she's letting me down, and I'm just and you're allowed to say that. Yes, yeah. but he- there's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly. Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Hey, I'm Matt Rogers from Las Culturistas. And I'm Bowen Yang. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the U.S.? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out season two of Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. In every episode, hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the lessons of laundry and nurturing a small business and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out season two of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, 
and Intuit QuickBooks. Hey, it's Bowen, and I want to introduce you to the new Cantina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell. Yes, it's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients, great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself the slow-roasted chicken, pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. With new menu options like Cantina Chicken Tacos, Burritos, and Quesadillas, there's something for everyone. And Taco Bell isn't just for a late night. With this new Cantina Chicken Menu, you, the possibilities are, well, endless. Try the new Cantina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell now. Now, I said. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Here's the thing. I really feel like the the super vitrolic level of her fans is due to the fact that she has cultivated this fake friendship with them. Yes. Where they feel as if, because what she does is she goes on Tumblr and when people write these long ass screeds about how dare you come for Tom, for, for Taylor, she likes, Tommy she likes them. She likes them. Yeah. So she is like indirectly uh, like rewarding that behavior. Yep, yep, and yep. so she and her team s- follows some of these accounts. Invites them to her house. Invites them to her house. And so I feel like they feel like they have to stand up for her. Like an army. Like they are a Taylor Swift army. Wow. And it's so funny because they came, they've come for me a few times, but most recently she did a cover of Earth, Wind, and Fire yeah, September. Yeah, she did September. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I listened to I 10 tweeted, seconds of it. One single tweet is I tweeted, <laughs> no one asked for this. Yeah. That's all yeah. I tweeted. Yeah. I didn't talk about like the quality of the song. I didn't mention that it sounded yeah. like a funeral procession for someone Do that died remember? in September. <laughs> oh! You know what I'm saying? Like, usually you want to see, like, your uncle and auntie, like, popping that pussy, like, yeah, at the yeah, fucking yeah. BBQ like, to September. Fire. My yeah. auntie and uncle both popping the pussy. Yes! Thank All you. Of them. But meanwhile, Taylor's, like, plucking to a guitar, yes. being like, it was just, like, so sad. So I tweeted that out, and they were coming for yes. me. They were like, bitch, I asked for it. And then they were like, oh my and then, God. but, like, it was, okay, but then the funniest was, you know, all the Swifty accounts, like they uh, searched to see that I had tweeted positive things about Taylor Swift in the past. Oh, they no, were like, oh, no. we're exposing Francesca because on my 32nd birthday, I tweeted, I'm singing 32 to the tune of Taylor's <laughs> 22. 22. Okay, mm-hmm. this was three years ago. <laughs> and they were like, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> What? You, you were jealous. You, you referenced another her. song. You want to be her. I was like, listen, I have 1989 in my iTunes yes. right now. Do you feel me? Like, there are a number yes. of songs on that album that I enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. Bop. 
Exactly, but stay in your lane. Yep. This was not, some songs do not need to be covered. You no, know what I'm saying? Really. There was no reason for oh, that. Oh God, they were so mad. So then uh, I was getting on a plane. I was like leaving a speaking gig. So I was not on the internet. Like I tweeted that one tweet. I went back and forth with a few people. I got on a plane. When I got home in my email box, I had messages from Twitter that were like, we've reviewed your account. You are not in violation of our terms of service. And I was like, why am I getting oh, these messages? No. Oh, they were God. flagging. They were flagging, mass flagging that tweet. Then I went on my Facebook and they had like, and I know they're Swifties because like all of their Facebook names are Taylor, are yeah, coincidentally uh, Taylor Swift and Camila Cabello. Oh, I was like, yeah, they yeah, love yeah, both yeah. of them. Mm. So either their picture was one of them or their name was one of them. And they were like leading racial slurs all over my Facebook. Oh my and then God. one tweeted, oh, um, Francesca's only saying this so she can sell her like flop ass book. And I was like, well, <laughs> now that you mention it, yeah. that escalated quickly. ass <laughs> book, it hasn't, <laughs> I was like, it, it hasn't come out. <laughs> And I was also like, where did you research on me? Like, way to go, like, Flop look. ass book. I was like, okay, guys. But also, like, how perfect that you literally just illustrated. My my book is about how the internet has ruined communication yeah. around, like, the smallest issues to, like, really important issues, right? And how, like, things just get really blown out of proportion and, like, mm-hmm. ten, like everyone's emotions get so high to the point that one innocuous tweet saying no one asked for this, which is a fact. Yeah, like, no one asked for this. And also it wasn't even, it's not even inherently negative. It's it just a fact. It wasn't even like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't even this sucks. Listen, Wildest <laughs> Dreams is like my fucking song. Oh, I love Wildest song. Dreams. I love it's that. Good. It's good. Justice for that music video because it sucked. Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. loved that song. And so I was literally like, not that I have to justify like I've given Taylor some of my money you I, like what you I've like. listened to some of her songs I didn't like this cover it wasn't for me if you like it that's great but people got really upset and yeah. and in, and there were lots of people who were like this is really promo for your book because this happens to you all the time all the online time. and I'm like yeah it really it's perfect. does her flop ass book coming out through <laughs> Grand Central Publishing <laughs> May 22nd, May 22nd. Honey. <laughs> and now so speaking of the book so Bone and I have both read it, yes. and I love this book. Love and I'm that. very excited that it's that it's out there because I definitely don't know if there's anything that's so directly and so relatably tackled. Oh, thank you. The issue of social justice and social media living in the same breath and how sometimes they can really complicate each other. Oh, my God. So tell us about why you wanted to write this and tell us a little bit about what you want people to get from it. Yeah, you know, um, so I had a viral video in 2012 called Shit White Girls Say to Black Girls. Which I didn't even know this is where you came from. Yeah, so I had been making videos for like six years prior to that, Mm -hmm. but I was working. Like I was working as a graphic designer. I wanted to be in entertainment. You know, I was sending out those headshots and Mm -hmm. I was doing stand-up. I was pounding the pavement and wasn't getting anywhere. So YouTube was really my outlet. And when this viral video happened, it completely rocked my world. Suddenly I became the person that everybody wanted to speak about race yeah. and identity and privilege and oppression. And I I think a lot of people don't realize that I just, I didn't know. I was just like so unprepared and right. I kind of had to do like a ton of homework to get to where I am uh-huh. now. Very quickly. Yeah. And so I think through the course of that, 
you know, at the time, lots of people were coming to me and saying, write a book, write a book. But I didn't know what to write a book about. Right, and I just right. thought like, well, something just ha- – I haven't done anything yeah, yet. Like yeah, I went yeah. viral. That's not – and I didn't want to write shit white girls say to black girls book, which is like what everybody wanted me to yes. do. And so I was like, I'm not ready for this. And then fast forward to five years later, uh, right after Nightly Show got canceled, I thought, well – maybe this is the right time. Like Mm -hmm. I don't have a job (laughs) and this is something I've really wanted to do. And I had been kind of like collecting stories like in a Google doc. And I really wanted, first of all, to shine a light in the fact that we all have to start somewhere. And Mm -hmm. I, I think especially right now, conversations around social justice are so judgmental, sometimes rightfully so, mm-hmm. but oftentimes it turns into, you don't know what that word means, you still watch that show, you still listen to that artist, how dare you, and it feels, for people who have never been exposed to this stuff, they shut down. And I know that because I've been the person doing it, and mm-hmm. I've been the person on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought, well, why don't I just expose myself mm-hmm. in hopes that people will be a little more self-reflective and be honest about their own journeys and be a little more gracious to the people that they love in their lives who are going to fuck up because like that's part of being a human. Yeah. Like we all fuck up. Um and so yeah, I wanted to do it in a humorous way but in just like a really honest way too. It's so good and I think that's I think that's what sort of distinguishes the book from from other similar works I'll say like the fact that you have that you were just able to turn that sort of mirror back on yourself and be like look like I like just I think midway through the book you're like look I started out being this sort of like you know hater and I was gonna say like internet obsessed <laughs> person like like you like you yeah. were fixated on certain people but trying here, to get views but here's the here's the gag is that like so many of us have been that person, yes. right? And like social media has made us into monsters in the sense that we are all putting on this like show for everybody. Like, look at how great my life is and my brunch and mm-hmm, my outfits mm-hmm, and how great mm-hmm. these things are. And then we're also looking at what everybody else is doing and feeling really bad about ourselves. Yep, yep, yep. And for me, I thought it was really important to say like, look, I have been that person Mm -hmm. and I had to have my own wake up call in order to create the life and career that I wanted because I was wasting a lot of time talking shit and being negative online. And guess what? I bet you are doing that. Like every single person is doing that on some level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it got it got so crazy. For for me, not not that I was engaging too much, but I definitely was. We're currently, I mean, I can speak for everyone as well. We're both off Facebook right now. Like, and it's, tell me about how you decided to break away. Can I tell you on my part, it was for it. cold fucking turkey. Like one day I woke up, I was like, I don't need this. Ugh. Deactivate. Ugh. It was I, as simple as that. I've pulled back a lot, uh-huh. but I mean, for me, the complication is that this is part of my I know, job. Yes, it's very you know? And that's so hard. That is something I really wanted to talk to you about because I recently had a discussion with someone and I, I, I had just met this person and I incredibly smart guy and um actually lauren ashley smith's father oh yes uh, yeah i was out there mariah smith and lauren ashley smith are good friends of ours and w- i was out there on a story press trip and they graciously invited us over to their house and i was talking to him and i said i had just deleted facebook and he said i don't think it's a good idea to delete facebook because that just removes one intelligent voice from the discussion oh and i thought to myself i mean that- i wouldn't call facebook an intelligent right. voice and so then i thought to myself but i do see what he's saying okay. you know what i mean because and, and, and throughout your book you do you have so many like 
uh, really good positive ideas about how you engage with people online and calling them in as opposed to calling them out every mm-hmm. time, which I really encourage people to read this book and read all about. But I do think, and then your book also gets into self-care, it was part of my self-care yeah. to get off Facebook because I, I, it got to a point where I found that that site became a place where I would only put negative thoughts. And it, Absolutely. I felt everyone else doing that. It felt like different from Twitter and Instagram in that Facebook became a place to dump negative feelings. Yeah, and I think Facebook is also different because you have relationships with those people. Yeah. Like on Twitter, yeah. it's not my friends, it's not my family, it's like celebrities, it's media outlets, it's like some internet people that I know, but not people that I'm like close with. And right. there's something very different about when you're on Facebook and it's somebody that you went to high school with and they're just saying like super ignorant shit that like hurts you in a very different way right. than like Kanye saying ignorant shit, totally. which is like still terrible, but right. they just like feel very different. Of course. Well, Facebook, I think, and, and this is, I'm just going to recount something that happened to Matt. And I feel like Facebook sort of, uh, exists in this very specific place because like that sort of exemplifies call out versus call in mm-hmm. yeah. like incidents where Matt, you were having this issue and correct me if I'm wrong, where you were just having these public. Oh God, I was seeing them. Yes. Like Agora esque, like, like I had arguments a with people, times. but then, but then yeah, it always, it like the, t- the tenor of each conversation was completely changed. As soon as you reached out to them individually and you were like, Hey, yep. let's talk this out. Yeah. Person to person. Through, through my own experience. I mean, People are surprised nowadays when you go to speak to them directly because, because they it don't doesn't, expect it. Because it does not happen. Okay. And again, like this is something I talked about in the book is that I had this and I think everybody falls into this where we like we want the cookies. Like people get yes. on Facebook and they're yes. like, I just want to say if you're a Trump supporter, yeah, and everyone's yeah, yeah. like, thumbs up. You tell him, sister. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's right. And like everyone's just like patting themselves on the back. Yeah. It's like, wait, what the fuck are you? You're not actually doing anything. Yeah. I have totally done that. I've totally been there. And then what ends up happening is that you realize like that doesn't actually do anything. That does nothing those aren't even cookies no and they don't taste good they're like gluten-free like they're like the diet cookies like made of like fucking sawdust like they're nothing (laughs) and then you have somebody who like jumps into the conversation who like genuinely doesn't know anything they put their foot in their mouths and then like everybody descends on them it becomes confusing too because it's what the it's what the discussion was initially about and then this subsect of this person inserting themselves and all of a sudden it's confusing and also timing is weird remember it's not a conversation you could reply to something and then an hour later and then there's like two days later and then like people from like all different cross sections of your life like chime in i remember after the election uh, everybody was posting about, mm-hmm. you know, they were upset about Donald Trump. And my dad had like just joined Facebook. Mm-hmm. Now, my dad lives in South Carolina. He like, there's no internet, like there's no internet cafes. Like he didn't have internet for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So he like just got on Facebook. Oh boy. And he posted something like, you know, like on my Facebook wall, like it's in God's hands or something, which <sighs> I was like, oh God. But oh, I also know my dad, right? I know yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. 
And I had friends from college who were like, listen up, yeah. sir. Uh, and I was like, holy shit. Like yeah, my wild. friend from like, who's like a fucking feminist scholar is like going off on my dad about like intersectionality and yeah. how like oh. Mar- and how it's like easy for him as like a straight cis dude to say it's in God's hands, yeah. but she's agnostic and like that and like all very valid things, yeah. but I also was just like, my dad does not even know like what you what were talking. He doesn't mean. know what these words mean, and now like everybody else is tagging on so that like they can look mm. cooler. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was just like, oh my god, I just had to like delete this and call my dad and be like, okay, listen, yeah, you can't do that. Like yeah, you, yeah, yeah. that's how you feel about it. But like this is why other people got upset, and it was if I hadn't called him and talked to him, I feel like he would have felt completely different about that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And most of us, I feel like too often we're we're so quick to like go in on somebody online that we actually care about mm-hmm. that it would be so different if we just picked up the phone and talked to it them. It could be over 100%. in seconds. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Okay, and I want to talk about, because this sort of gets into, and I don't know, and tell me if th- these aren't necessarily the same things. You talk about cookies a lot, and that's a Chimamanda uh, Adichie mm-hmm. sort of quote from Americana where it's like um, racist- you don't get a cookie for like racism shouldn't exist you don't get a cookie for exactly. like not being racist right beautiful quote like just is perfect um, is 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 that in, is that impulse to like fucking descend on someone just to like performatively show how woke or whatever you are like is that is that some like like how like how do you sort of I always struggle with like um separating like virtue signaling with like mm-hmm. actually trying to be educational but you know what no you've answered my own question I think it's a little already. bit of both yeah for some people but I, calling in is different calling in is not virtue signaling yeah it's, because calling you're not doing in it publicly yeah calling in you I mean and if you're not re- like familiar with the term calling in is like taking somebody aside and having like a private personal conversation with them and it takes it's a lot more work it's a lot more emotional labor which is why a lot of people don't want to do it and I totally get that Mm -hmm. and I think especially for like marginalized people you know like every time a straight person says something stupid like you don't want to have to like pull them aside and like explain to them like you know like LGBTQ history like you don't want to do that work and I totally get that but I also think sometimes we kind of have to. Mm-hmm. And for me, I do think sometimes people descend on other people because they need an outlet. And yeah. it is and it is very frustrating, especially like there's so much scary shit happening in the world, like life and death shit. And when somebody completely invalidates your experience or just says something really dismissive or just downright ignorant, even if they don't mean it in that way, and you're just like mad, like you have probably had those times where you're like, oh, I have time today. And like, you don't really have time. You're like, I have somewhere to be, but I'm going the fuck in. Like I have all the (laughs) gifts. I have like all the emojis. Like I am ready. Like catchphrases, everything, right? And it's like not even about (laughs) them anymore. You know what I mean? People are like, you know, they're like, okay, Becky. And they're like, my name's, Melissa and you're like Same no difference. it's not yeah. Becky Miss Mayo like all of a sudden like it just it just turns into something else and again sometimes it's a performance yeah. Yeah. and sometimes it's a cathartic experience where you're just like I'm really upset about this or like not to keep bringing up Kanye but like 
he most recently said that like slavery was a choice mm-hmm. and black Twitter turned it into like a hilarious hashtag yeah, yeah. where it like became cathartic where yeah, like we yeah, were yeah. dragging Kanye, but we were also kind of just like laughing at the idea of like, this is something people say all the time. Like, Oh, if I, if I was in slavery, I would have done a, B and C. Sure, so sure. like yeah. now let's all make jokes about it. Right. And yeah. like, let's all commiserate and how stupid this is, uh-huh. but also like, say something funny and educational. So I think that sometimes it is for other people. And sometimes it is just like, I need to get this off of my chest. And I think I've been in, I've been in both of those places. Yeah. Well, there's the call out culture, which I think can be positive because then you can at least feel like you're not alone here. When people do say, hi, I see this and I'm responding. And I think sometimes call in culture uh, call or calling in can feel intimidating because then you're responsible for the person's reaction. And there's actually a, a paragraph in your book that I wanted to draw attention to specifically because I've actually had a very tearful conversation with a member of my family when I brought up their privilege. And mm-hmm. I wanted to read this little, if I can. Sure. Yes. Here's what I've learned. Conversations about race and privilege are difficult, especially with someone you love. When Patrick, your husband, and I first talked about white privilege, I remember him getting hung up on the word privilege itself, like so many people do. In many ways, the word is a misnomer since it's so closely associated with wealth and a complete lack of struggle. So instead of trying to explain it, getting inevitably more and more agitated as I did so, I pivoted and talked about my own privilege as a straight, able-bodied cis woman. No one asked me invasive questions about my genitals or gross relationship questions like which one of you is the man. The conversation slowly grew from you have privilege to everyone has privilege, so let's figure out how to navigate it. And I thought that was really a good way to go about future conversations like this because the person that I had this discussion with, it became a fight oh my when God. I said privilege. Oh my God, that word because shuts people down. Because they don't understand that it's not saying you've had it easy your whole life and it's not ignoring any sort of marginalization no. that you may feel um, you, minute, you're a part of as well. The it's, minute you bring up privilege, people yeah. are like, one time I broke my leg in third grade <laughs> and I couldn't go swimming all right. summer long. And you're like, okay, like, yeah. great. Especially, especially white people who, because they've had economic struggles in their life, they say, how dare you say I'm privileged? And it's just this, it's an acknowledgement of what separates you from actual marginalized groups. And I think that is a way, that is is something to acknowledge, is that the word privilege rings a certain bell in people's ears that it need not. Well, and I think that, again, that's like, one of the big themes of this book is that there's so much stuff that people don't know. Right. And so when you go into a conversation with somebody of like, you're wrong because you don't know this thing, mm-hmm. they are like, well, I don't even know what you're talking about. So like, I don't know that. I, how do I know that I'm wrong if I don't know about the thing that you're telling? I don't know what I don't know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do we even start, right? It's and, like speaking another language. And also when when you're speaking a language that sounds talk downy because it obviously is right. like educated or like uh, required a diversity of opinion to arrive there. It can feel like, wow, this person thinks they're better than just me. correcting someone's behavior in any like arena is going to feel like a little like, Oh God, you're telling me that I did something wrong. And I think people in general just don't like to be corrected. And yeah. also I don't know if it's like a specifically American thing, but in some ways, I I, I mean, I'm only an American, so I, I don't know it any other way. But mm-hmm. I feel like 
it feels very like, this is who I am. Take me or leave me. Like, mm -hmm. I'm grown. Like, gonna be who I am. Like, people are not comfortable admitting when they're wrong. No. Mm. And so, like, when you tell someone, like, you are wrong or you just hurt me, like, people go on the defensive. And the privilege thing, I really realized that, like, white privilege is the one that everybody knows of. Mm -hmm. And so they think like, oh, you're only saying that white people have privilege. And it's like, no, 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 no. I'm an able-bodied person. I can go to any bathroom anywhere and I am fine, right? Like I never have to think about like, will my wheelchair fit in the store? Like mm -hmm. yep. will, I mean like, and I, I remember I went out to dinner with a friend who's in a wheelchair and we'd never gone out to a restaurant before and we went to a fucking restaurant and there were stairs leading into the restaurant and I was like, oh my God, I didn't even, think of like this. I never would have thought about that because I've gone to this fucking restaurant and it wasn't like a lot of stairs. It was like three stairs and she was like, it's fine. Like I know how to do it. But I also really had this moment of like, oh my God, I never think about this ever. Yep. It's not my fault. Like I'm not a bad person for right, it. Right. But like I had a moment of like, oh wow, like that's privilege. That's my privilege as an able-bodied person. Um and I think and what you touch on the, in the book is that privilege just comes to me just means the different ways in which people move through the world. Oh, and then you like have this cute story about a caterpillar and a snail going to a party and like it explains it. <laughs> I love that. And also it was very funny the way it ended. Thank you. So, yeah, yeah. Thanks. You know, I I uh, often describe my work as like when you are feeding a baby like vegetables and you like do the airplane, like you're <laughs> yeah, still yeah, getting the baby too. the veggies, but you're like, here you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just try to take, I love analogies. So I try to like wrap things in like a funny joke or an analogy or like a self drag <laughs> and hope that people will say like, oh, now I get it. You're not yelling at me. You're not telling me that like I'm just a bad person. You're saying like we all have fucked up. And like, here's another way to understand this fuck yes. up and like move past it. That's great. Um, let's take a quick break, and yeah. then we will be right back with, with our sponsor. With our sponsor, and we'll be right back with <laughs> Francesca. You know, Bowen. Here's the thing. I, I have to be honest. I'm actually having some trouble sleeping. Oh my god, same. I am in the market for a new mattress. Same. Okay, so I have a really good idea for both of us. Okay, we must pursue Helix Sleep. Mattress and pillows. Okay, listen. Helix is going to be the new frontier when it comes to your sleep experience, guys. And, and remember this. There's nobody on the planet like you. So why would you buy a mattress just built for everyone else? Wow, that's you know, you so wouldn't true. Do that. You wouldn't do that. And Helix Sleep customizes mattresses and pillows for every sleep experience. Yeah, so if you are interested in how this works, listen up. I'm about to tell you. You go to helixsleep.com. You fill out a two-minute sleep quiz, and they will design a custom mattress for you. And get this. It doesn't just end with, oh, here's what kind of mattress I want and we're going to get it and then me and my partner are both going to deal with it. No. You can both fill out this survey separately and they will literally give you a mattress that you can try for 100 days for free. <gasps> and one side of it can be good for you that's literally like designed for your sleep experience right. based on the quiz. And then the other side of the bed is like really designed for your partner. So you don't have to compromise or like, you know, if if you're really cold at night uh -huh. or in, and like your partner gets really warm at night, <gasps> you can have a mattress that is good for both of you. For both bedmates. For both bedmates. Amazing. Well, Helix Sleep is the world's leading sleep 
expert mattress. Literally, they've worked with the world's leading sleep experts, and they tailor everything to your specific height, weight, and sleep preferences so you can have the best sleep of your life at an unbeatable price. The all-new pillows are fully adjustable so you can achieve perfect comfort regardless of sleep position or body type. Because if you thought this was just mattresses, there's also pillows. But you know, it's about the mattress. It's about the mattress, and Helix Sleep has thousands of five-star reviews. Plus, of course, you get 100 nights to try them out. Yeah, so here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to helixsleep.com slash us right now and you'll get up to $125 toward your mattress order. That's helixsleep.com slash lostculturistas for up to $125 off your mattress order. And one more time because we believe in it, bitch. Mm. Helixsleep.com slash lostculturistas. Go there now and enjoy your sleep experience. We are back with Francesca Ramsey, who I am confident to say is one of the hardest working people that oh I my know. God. And yeah. seriously, and, and oh God. seriously, Full stop. Full stop. I mean, not even just like with the career, like you're, I see, we see you up in the gym. Listen. Oh. Listen. She's trying to be book tour rat. <laughs> I think about it all the time. And so now I want to just read something that you said. Look at your work as a contract you have with yes, yourself. Yes, I love this part. I loved that. Um, because you, then you go on to say, getting auditions is work. Posting videos is work. Even if you don't book the gig or go viral, you've still met the conditions of your contract if you do that. So especially in this kind of career where you're kind of trying to create your own career, which is, I think, what we both do and you have, you've done for so many years successfully, um, just kind of at least giving yourself every opportunity to succeed. Yeah. Which is, I think, such an important thing. Like, can you talk about being, like, a self-starter? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is, like, that specific thing is something that I learned from a girl who I was throwing mad shade at. Obsessed with shading, yeah. I just thought that she was not successful. I didn't get it. I thought she was, like, not that talented. And I met her at a party, and she was super nice. And and I said, like, how do you do it? How Mm -hmm. do you do it all? And that was the thing that she said to me. And it really shook me because Mm. I realized that I was making lots of excuses for myself, Mm -hmm. whether it was I got an audition and I only had X amount of hours to learn the side. So Mm -hmm. then I was like, well, then I'm just like, I'm not going to learn it or I'm not going to go or, or I can't there's not enough time so there's why not try? enough time yeah. so why try or like I'm not even going to like you know get memorized or whatever mm-hmm. it was and I was just always making excuses for myself mm-hmm. and I realized that at the end of the day the only person that's responsible for my career is me mm. and especially as a creator yes. we have we have a, a luxury that many do not have in that like we really don't need somebody to offer us a job. Like mm-hmm. we can start a podcast, write a web series, go do stand up, write a sketch. Like we can make stuff mm-hmm. and that is leading to so many awesome opportunities. We know in this room between us, like so many people who have television shows and nobody gave them the show. They like banged down doors. They made those opportunities happen for themselves. And so I really needed to have that experience with this, this person in order to realize like, oh, it's that easy that like I can just do the work. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, like, you have to set goals for yourself. And if the goal is just get to the audition, then you did it. Yeah. Mm. Then you did exactly what you set out to do. Yeah. And so like, I really just try to start, I make big goals, but I start small too, right. so that I can feel like I got something done. And that's been really helpful for me. Yeah, especially because the only thing that's promised to you 
and it's promised to you is that you have the audition. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? At least that much there is done. There are people that don't get, listen, yeah. how many people do you know that are like, guys, I'm going out to LA for pilot season and they're out there for three months and they don't get one. No, it's yeah. hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so if like if you have an opportunity, you got to give yourself all the, you have to drench that opportunity of, of all its juice, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Ooh, get that, get that, get that juice, juice, out. Get the juice out of that opportunity. Well I, think, well, I think the other part of this is that I think you even bring this up because it's sort of like the opposite scenario circumstance of like, okay, well then I could spend my life, like this could be the alternative to me spending my like time just like going online and like losing my mind. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like you at a certain point you have to ask yourself this hypothetical question of like, well, what would my life look like if I didn't give the time to, to all that other shit? Exactly. Like, oh, I would just be improving myself, working for myself, like creating opportunities, et cetera, et cetera. Like yeah. that is, I think that is also like how it ties back into everything else in the book is that like, look, look at this whole other side of like the world that's like open to you. Like, Sure, like like do what's important, like do the work that's important, like in terms of social justice, but also like give yourself the time and the space to like just be the best version of yourself. Absolutely. And also, I I was kind of surprised to learn actually um, that you used to be quite the stoner. Oh yes. And we'll talk about. It. We got to talk about. Yeah. We, we must talk about this because <laughs> I actually, as a, I smoke quite a bit of weed. So does Bowen. Um, I probably smoke a little bit more you, than you, you do. I smoke me. every single day. Okay. Um, but you get into this in the book about self-care, about quitting. Just yeah. Completely. You actually had to stop. And yeah. so now, as of recently, I've started to realize that my memory is a little worse than I would like it to be. Ugh. And so do you think that that has anything to do with that? And also, <laughs> because the answer is probably yes. Like, when did you get to the point where you were like, do I have to stop doing this entirely? I know you talk about this in the book, but I'd like everyone to yeah, hear it. Yeah, sure. Can you talk about that. I mean, I used to be like a full-blown wake and bake smoke pot every single day. Mm -hmm. And like full disclosure, if I'm at like a party and someone like offers me a hit, I'm like, all right, it's cool. cool. Yeah. I'll do it. But like there was just a time where like if I didn't have weed, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, we don't have any weed. Like we gotta call the guy. Like what's going on? Oh God, he's not me. he's not texting me back. Like yeah. what's happening? <laughs> yeah. Like do you have to go downstairs and like ask the guy? And, like, yeah. like we had a guy in the building who was like our backup guy. Oh yeah, you or, always have your backup guy. That's nice though. Yeah, but like it's not good weed. <laughs> okay, like it's okay, not, yeah, yeah. he's it's in the, the backup situation. He's in yeah. the building. Yeah. yeah, You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. my building is not, we're not doing high quality oh. like lights and shit. Like it is like swag. Like not cute weed, yeah. And then you have like the friend who smokes a lot of weed, who can just like show up to their house and be like, "How's it going? What's going on with you? Oh my god, there's a joint here. Let's smoke it!" Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so like I was setting up all these scenarios to like help me smoke weed, yeah. And then what I was realizing was I stopped being like a fun stoner, mm. and I started being like have a meltdown, start crying. I feel like my world is ending stoner. Wow. Where like I would just get so overwhelmed and I would either like lay in bed and do nothing or I would like go on social media and I would see what everyone else was doing and I would start feeling really bad about myself mm. and then I would start arguing with my husband mm. and every single time he would just be like, are you stoned right now? <laughs> and I was just realizing that pot was not, fun for me anymore and I right. do think it was for me at least because it was an everyday 
thing, like start my morning stoned and be stoned all day long and then like get to two o'clock where you like feel a little like the buzz change a little bit uh. and you're like, oh, you're like, oh God, I'm still stoned, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so I think that for me, I just realized that like I needed to stop smoking weed because it just was and and the circumstance for me was that i i got really sick i lost my voice and like i i was like at a party and i smoked weed and then the next day i couldn't talk mm-hmm. and i couldn't talk for like 2 weeks oh my god and like i had just been invited to go on nightly show i was like on vacation and i got the email that was like hey can you go on nightly show and i was like fuck 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 i got to get my voice back like i have to get my voice back and i'm on vacation and everyone's smoking weed and drinking and i'm not going to do it i'm just not going to smoke weed because i need to my voice needs to be come, myself and yeah. my voice to come back and so i just was like all right i'm quitting cold turkey and then my voice came back like 2 days before i was supposed to fly back wow and then i i got the job and then i realized like okay i really need to like focus on this job i'm in like a new circumstance and smoking weed is not helping me right um and so i had a i think i had a few times where i like tried to go to work stoned and i was just like this is really bad this is just like not helping me it's stressing me out oh my god it's like not fun Mm -hmm. anymore that rang such a bell for me just there one time i was on my tour guide job and i had had an edible and I was like, yeah, I, I, I literally, <laughs> oh I, I can't really believe I even just said that. But like, but I don't have the job anymore. So it's like okay. long in the past. But who, so who cares? But I was standing there and I was like, I have to talk to people like in two seconds. And I was one of the highest I've ever been in my life. One of the highest. <laughs> um, But I was like, oh, maybe my decision making isn't good anymore. Yeah, I think I do think that you build up a tolerance and it yeah. changes like in your body. And like I've heard this about like certain foods that like if you eat a certain food all the time that your body can just like develop an allergy to it. Like suddenly like those people who are like, too. I've drank milk my whole life. And then all of a sudden I became like super lactose intolerant or suddenly I found out I had a gluten intolerance. And like I've eaten bread my whole life. I've never it's never bothered me. And now suddenly I get like stomach cramps. I really think that, that happens with weed that like if you do it a lot that your body like can change how it reacts to it. Yeah. 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 Um, and I've had people be like, you need a different strain. And I'm like, I'm not trying to do like research. I literally yeah, was just yeah. about to ask <laughs> you, do you think it could be the strain? Like, possi- like, like, cause there was a, t- there was a time where it was a bad strain and I was getting anxious every time. I also was having some tough times with yeah. my relationship. Yeah, right? yeah. And so I think that situationally and also the weed I was smoking were making me literally think I was going to get hit by a car no matter where I was. Yeah. Okay. It was, wow. no, if it was on the seventh floor of a building, Gonna get hit by a car. (laughs) Can't explain to you how. I knew a car would hit me. I have had so many friends be like, well, you need to have this kind. And I'm just like, you (laughs) know what? I don't need to do research. Like, that's just not in my nature. Like, again, if I'm at a party and, like, someone offers to me and I'm like, all right, I could do, like, a hit. But I was at the point where, like, we had, like, a giant roar bong that, like, was on display in our apartment all the time. Uh And it was, like, whenever you came over it was like you need to christen the roar like ah. it was like a, it was like a whole lifestyle process yeah. and like a lifestyle and I just and I was like spending so much money on it and mm. I just realized like it's a lot of money too it's yeah. a lot of money and I just 
I like I do have some days where I'm like, God, I would love to be stoned right now. And then I think, oh, I have a lot of shit to do. Like if I got stoned right now, I would not be able to do anything. I will say I do wait until my stuff for the day is done. I At mean, least that. Here's the thing. I, I don't think for me it's a personal thing in the sense yeah. like I don't begrudge anyone. Right. I had some great times when I was stoned. I also sometimes realize like when I'm recounting a time that was great when I was stoned, I was like, this is only great to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. This was not actually like that funny of a story. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm, like right, telling right. the story like, and nothing realizing. Nothing happened. <laughs> no, nothing happened. The whole story is like, and we were so stoned. Yeah, and honestly, yeah, it's so true. Like whenever we talk about, we, we go to Orlando like once a year, like that's like our thing. Whenever we talk about it, we're always like, and also we were high. And it just kind of sounds like, okay, who cares? It sounds like, it sounds like a 17-year-old. It sounds Whatever. stupid. I also realized because of that, I had certain friends. I mean, like, God, yeah. it sounds like it sounds like I had a heroin addiction. That I was literally <laughs> like, I didn't really like you that much. Like, we just got stoned together, and I like didn't really know anything about you. We would just get stoned and like laugh. Yeah. And now that I don't really smoke weed like that anymore, I'm just like, I don't really want to hang out with you because all you do is smoke weed, and like that's totally okay. But then I realized, like, what do we have if not? Weed. Wow, yeah. Wow, we don't wow. have anything. We literally all we have is weed. And <sighs> so I don't know. Well, I'm happy I said it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> you. Well, just because like, I don't know. Like it was so funny because like when I was in high school, it was never like you you talk about starting smoking weed early. Oh my early. Listen, my so my mom read the book and <gasps> when she she It wasn't a candle? <laughs> <laughs> she didn't so like when I was in high school I smoked weed every single day and I told my mother it was a candle <laughs> and she did not know and so after she read the book she didn't mention that specifically but I know oh that's what she was God. talking about she was like it was really great like she was like there are some some language and she's like there's also some unknowns revealed and oh. I was like unknowns, unknowns revealed? revealed I was like what is this is this like an email to HR like what the fuck there were unknowns revealed. revealed oh that's a great combination of words potential title of app oh yes. unknowns revealed, revealed. Yes. I love finding the title yeah so my mom my mom had no clue and I really think in retrospect it was because my mom's brothers had like very serious drug problems so my uh. mom was like drugs are bad like all drugs are terrible mm -hmm. so she really kind of had no understanding or concept of like casual drug use yeah, and how yeah, it could yeah. be harmless in its way yeah, yeah like to her all drugs were like you smoke crack like yeah. you are gonna like yeah. you're you're gonna ruin your marriage and You'll like live poor. on the street yeah. yeah and like i was smoking weed every day and like getting good grades and like i was totally fine and right. so she would ask me what that smell was and i was just like oh it's a candle and <laughs> she just said i honestly i don't even know if she knew until she read the book because I never, funny. I never told, I never told her a candle that smells very specific. Like honestly, yeah, the, the, I was just saying, I was like, what is this ar aromatic weed that you were smoking? What is you this skunky ass candle? <laughs> weed does. Why would you want your house to smell no, like, like that? that. <laughs> um, there was one other part of the book which I was like really kind of fascinated by, and I actually read it. I read it. My father drove me back into New York uh, today, and I read this out loud to him. Wow. Because, so, oh, my God. This is so weird. No, I know. To hear back. No, but it's so cool. It's but cool. also, like, wow. That is, that's, like, that is an honor. So there's a whole chapter in the book about hair. Mm -hmm. yes. And I did not know many of these 
statistics. Well, I also underlined this sentence, which I love, which is be who you needed when you were younger, which I think is just something really that, great that, to, to remember. But I just want to read this. Um, in, in 2017, two 16-year-old twin sisters at Boston's Mystic Valley Regional Charter School were told their braided hair extensions were, quote, distracting and in violation of the dress code. When they refused to, quote, fix their hair, their natural hair that they mm -hmm, were wearing, mm -hmm. they were banned from extracurriculars and prom and threatened with suspension. In 2016, Durham School for Creative Studies made a group of students remove the head wraps they were wearing to celebrate Black History Month. In 2013, a private school in Orlando threatened to expel 12-year-old Van Vanessa Van Dyke, whose voluminous natural look was so fierce that I'm kind of questioning my locks right now, <laughs> if she didn't cut or shape her hair. And then it goes on to detail many more recent occurrences oh, yeah. of schools, charter schools, yep. but still, um, telling these girls that their natural hair was distracting. And you talk about so how... You know, the transition or decision to do whatever you want to with a black woman's hair or a black girl's hair is very personal and it's just time consuming and all yeah. these things. And to think that these schools are like holding it against these people, like yeah. it's just crazy. Yeah. I didn't know any of I mean, this. historically, we have always been told that everything about us is wrong. Right. From like our bodies to our noses to our hair to the way we speak like everything has been policed and really kind of shaped by this idea of like fitting into like whiteness you know and 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 that's not to say that that doesn't happen across cultures right. but for black people especially like it is this constant struggle of like making sure that I am myself, but also like, don't make people uncomfortable. You want to make sure, you, like when I went natural, I remember my mom being like, are you going to be able to get a job? Wow. And me thinking like, what are you talking about? But also now knowing that like, yeah, there are people who have lost their job because they dared to wear their hair in the way that it naturally comes out of their head. And we see this in like fashion and in entertainment where models are like, yeah, I am basically bald now because when I show up on set, they don't know how to do my hair and they're like ripping it out or I had oh to put God. weaves in and I had to dye my hair and straighten it and damage it because, I mean, and even now, like I have a hairstylist that I bring with me, but I've always been used to doing my own hair mm -hmm. because when I would show up on set, no one knew how to do my hair. Right, right, right. They just and like, it's like that with makeup as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. And thank goodness for Delina, but I made sure she taught me how to do my own makeup and like what foundations to bring with mm -hmm. me because sometimes you go on set and I can't have her there. I'm out of state or something. And the person just doesn't know. Don't yeah. They mm. don't know. And so it is very interesting, especially because again, that's that, that privilege, right? Of like, why would you know that? Like e even the fact that when I was in high school, there was no natural hair care aisle in the store. And even now, it's like a tiny little space. Right. Mm -hmm. But in some stores, depending on what neighborhood you're in, there's no beauty products for me right. in that store. I have to go to the hood or I have to make sure that I'm in or I go specifically to like a black hair care yeah, store. You mentioned yeah. in the book where you went to college for a short time, like the the closest like 
It was an hour a hairstylist away. Hairstylist that was appropriate for your hair was an hour away. An hour away. Yeah. There was no one in. Crazy. I was, I was living in Ann Arbor because I was going to University of Michigan. There was no one in Ann Arbor who could do my hair, <laughs> and I was just like, "Wow, I guess I'm going natural now because I can't get my perm retouched. <laughs> I can't oh get a relaxer God. here. It's just so crazy. I, I I think that almost nobody understands that that's the reality. I mean, and and the thing that I want people to walk away with when they read this book is that there are all sorts of realities that we are not aware of. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, I want to speak very openly and honestly about the fact, whether it's the fact that I'm able-bodied or the fact that I'm, you know, cis, I can go to my doctor and I can talk to them about my healthcare needs. And nobody says to me, well, have you thought about losing weight or, Mm. or misgendered me or refused certain service to me or, I don't have to worry about my housing. Like there are 38 states in this country where you can legally deny housing to somebody because they are LGBTQ mm-hmm. or you can fire them. Wow. Legally. The majority. Legally. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, and those are things again I would never have to think about. Right. And so I really wanted to talk about this in like a comedic and approachable way, but also to say like we all have stuff that we have to learn mm-hmm. and we all have to like have our eyes opened at some yeah. point. Um, and it's okay. We could do it together. Yes. <laughs> and it's, it's, it, you really do have such a skill. And I mean like it, that approachability and relatability that you have on camera, which is such a natural gift that you have. Truly I know podcasting is like book. not really my medium. <laughs> we always say podcasts are a visual medium because we do take a picture at the end it is an important part of the listenership and experience and Francesca's brought the visuals tonight you certainly have um, no it's a fantastic book I have a little passage I want to read I love a good hashtag passage hashtag passage <laughs> well guys just pick it up in stores uh, wherever you get books May, May 22nd, 22nd but it's just it, it, this is why I love this book she does not do herself the disservice of being absolutely prescriptive because she's I mean she's like giving you advice but she's also backing this up with like anecdotes or with examples of Always. when she has had to learn these things herself yes it's it's so illuminating it's so 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 good you should be so proud you should be thank so happy. you so much it's so good i'm gonna read this, this go is, ahead this is towards the end of the book but it's so good i i, I like gasped when i read this this passage oh he gasped, I gasped darling honey. okay great here we go <laughs> the world is an unwieldy place <laughs> okay <laughs> the world is an unwieldy place these days and my little corner of it the internet is particularly stressful it allows people to make anonymous claims without any repercussions many social media users seem dedicated to make to taking your words out of context to make you look stupid or worse and the fact that we're often talking about life and death issues for people who haven't had the chance to advocate for themselves and you have a ticking time bomb i'm not sure i could call myself an expert in anything other than styling my hair and bad puns but i truly believe <laughs> that trying to get it right is worth something. Yeah. So good. So good. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Excellent. Excellent. An excellent review from Los Culturistas. (laughs) Use that pull quote. Watch when they take the hardcover back and all of a sudden there's a new book. Oh. And it says, Los Culturistas approved like a Newbery Award. Yes. Like, That's what I want. Like a Newberry word, like elementary school. The rule of culture words. number 92. The Las Culturistas approval is the new Newberry Award. Okay. Say it with me. The Las Culturistas approval is the new Newberry Award. And Matt, um, the adult version of the Newberry Award is the Pulitzer Prize. I just want to let you know. Well, okay. I have to I have to tell you all, this is my very first podcast interview about the book. Ooh. Okay. And I am just so Glad that I popped that cherry consensually with the both of you. (laughs) And I just thank you so. I mean, it is 
It is scary writing a book. Of course. It is so scary, especially because, you know, again, that passage was a perfect example. I worry about Mm -hmm. people like taking things out of context or deciding that they just, you know, disagree with me and they're so mad about this and that or just pulling something apart and, and making me say something I didn't say. It's very scary, but it feels so great and like affirming to hear that. You all resonated with it and you enjoyed it and it spoke to you. And so just thank you so much for, for taking the time to even read it. Oh my thank God. you for writing it, to. first of all, because many people are going to benefit from it. And I think also something that people um, forget is like I, I totally identify with you saying like it, it's nerve wracking and it's scary to put this out because you're a very sensitive person. Oh I mean, God. you have to be yeah. to be this sensitive yeah. yep. to all these issues. <laughs> uh-huh, I mean, uh-huh. and yeah. you you see like you putting on this sort of brave and very public face and dealing with this difficult, tough stuff, especially coming from a marginalized perspective. Yeah, where where you know sometimes it can feel like the world is just ready to jump down your throat. And so this is you know. Not this is kind of like you throw this around light, lightly, but like this is a brave thing to step forward and say, "Here's my mistakes, here's my successes, and here is how you can learn from them." Seriously, an edifying read. Okay, an edifying read. That's the another pull quote. quote. I guess. Thank you. Um, um, we're gonna move wait, on. Speaking, what? Go, go, go. I, I, we are gonna move on because speaking of, um, you know. People who step forward bravely. Oh, here we go. We do have a... Yes, I'm happy you're pouring the wine because I'm going to need some as Get well. Get it. Um, this is a, a friend of ours who's who's decided to... He's elected to uh, participate in our voice mem. Oh, you, you bitch. bitch. This is um, a voice <laughs> memo from a friend of ours, Dylan Marin. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dylan Marin. He's decided. Listen, listen. bitch. And Dylan Merritt will be with us in a couple short weeks, you guys. I love Dylan. Just Dylan the is a fabulous specimen. A true And I want to tell angel. him something over the over the air, and I know he'll listen to this episode. Here you looked go. like a hunk in your <gasps> TED Talks. Listen, Such bitch. a hunk. With those you little pearl, pearl earrings. earrings. You looked good, the you bo- motherfucker. The, the TED Talk a speaker with a pearl earring, Ms. mama. TED Talk, honey. <laughs> Vera Mere painting. The category is TED Talk. Okay. This is a voice member from Dylan Marin, and I think Dylan is doing a little his own little take on an, a, a popular segment on this show. Okay, so let's, we'll let's, see. Let's, let's take a listen. <laughs> Matt Bowen, Francesca, <laughs> it is your daughter, Dylan Marin. Dylan. And I in a hallway. Yeah, the acoustics are good. All for filth. Ooh. In a new segment that I'd like to call <laughs> "I Do Think So, Honey." Oh. So, <clears throat> I'll begin. <laughs> I do think so, honey, Matt Rogers. <laughs> Matt, you are so fucking talented oh, and wow. incredible <laughs> that if they sold VIP courtside season pass <gasps> tickets to the Matt Rogers experience, I would buy them with the black Amex card that I do not have. Oh. And you would see me cheering <laughs> you say. on like that Drake gif where he's clapping at a basketball game because you are that fucking good. <laughs> oh, Likewise, <my> honey. <laughs> do you think so, honey? Bowen Yang. Okay. If you had attended the performing arts day camp that I went to for six years, <laughs> I would have been so fucking intimidated by you what? that I would have like made up an excuse not to like you because I would have felt insecure next to your gifted ass. No. So lucky me for <laughs> I don't knowing accept. you now as a more confident adult when I can regularly text you to tell you how much you mean to me because you do. You're such a beautiful person. And finally, I do think so, honey, Francesca Ramsey. Okay, so already 
Everyone already knows that you slay at literally everything you do. Yes, yes. But what they don't know is that you're an amazing friend and a oh. support system and a mentor. And deal with it, babe, because until your lawyers specifically ask me not to, I will continue to send you bad pop songs that I unironically love because I want to share them with a person I love, oh. which is you. So whoops. I do think so, honey, Francesca Ramsey. Oh my! Okay. Oh my God, Dylan Marin. Oh, I love him so much. Also because he is when he when he becomes extremely famous, someone is gonna have a field day impersonating him. <laughs> yes! Hi, I'm Dylan Marin. Like he just gives That's you the good, voice. That's a good. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's gonna be me. Um, but all I'm saying is he, he is, is an icon. The nicest. Okay, so Dylan wrote on my pilot. Yes. And I remember one time we were trying to come up with like insults for a straight woman, and I think I think <laughs> oh eventually we used like a population pantry was the oh my was god the insult we used. But everybody was going around and pitching ideas for mm-hmm. like ways to just like shit on straight women. And Dylan was like, I've got one, you woman. Ah! And we were like, like he couldn't do he it because be he's so nice. Yeah. It was the funniest thing I've ever experienced because I was just like, you are the sweetest yeah, guy. He's and no he joke. it was so funny because he was trying so hard. And I was like, I love you so much. You are just like the most genuinely good and nice person. And to circle back to the book. I had so many times that I called Dylan crying mm. and I was like, should I tell this story in the book? Uh, and Dylan was like, you're fine. You're fine. Send it to me. Like I would send him stuff and I would just be like, tell me what you think of this. Mm-hmm. And he would just like be so affirming and uh, just, he is just such a good soul. Like yeah. there, you really don't find many people it's like not, that. It's also not a brand. True. It's not a front. He's ex- exactly the way he is. He's no. exactly the way he. you think he would be when you watch his videos. And he's a great He friend. makes you want to be a better person because sometimes yes. I want to like send him like a shady text and I'm like, you know what? Dylan does not need this negativity. <laughs> Every time I talk to him, I have that thought. I'm like, no, I can't. This Dylan like, doesn't deserve this. I can't this. say this yeah. to him. You're right. Sometimes I am a little shady. Like that is part of who I am and it's true like whenever like Dylan's looking at you and like you don't know if he's gonna like participate (laughs) in the shade like and he'll sometimes give you a knowing look like girl yes I I, I understand the shade but I don't know if I've ever heard him be truly shady can I tell you actually actually wait and I think reveal he lets it out he lets it out he lets it out and I'm gonna I think he's okay with me with me saying this I I was on the phone with him today because I was explaining like what he needed to send in for this voice memo bit and then he was like oh my god he was like so Matt and I did these interviews with people at Tribeca Film Festival and Mm -hmm. we interviewed Ansel Elgort and Suki Waterhouse wow this um, British actress and then so Dylan was like oh my god I love that interview with Ansel and who was that? Who was that actress? And I was like, oh, Suki Waterhouse. She's great. She's she's like, you know, like one of those like posh British actresses, actress models. And then Dylan goes, oh, yeah, you know, I, I probably like waited on like the millionth iteration of her back at my restaurant. And I was like, Dylan. And, oh, and then oh, does I, wait, I didn't even no, I didn't I didn't even like call that out or anything. I, I didn't even like react to that. He, he pulled himself back and was like, wait, no. 
that's you know what that's too mean I I take that back and I was like Dylan well guess what Dylan it's out there now it's It's out out there there now now. you said something correct and everyone knows and and that's also like the most innocuous thing yeah it wasn't even I was like like, where is the shade where's there's no shade he's such a sweetheart such a sweetheart Um, when he's gonna be on our show you guys to promote his TED talk we're gonna talk to him in just a shut Short couple weeks. Short couple weeks. Spoiler alert. I mean, it's online, but he gets a f- an immediate standing O. Really? Yeah. Have you seen it? it I haven't so seen it. It's so good. good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But anyway, I'm now it's time to move on. I... <laughs> I don't just, just, just I'm going to watch it. it. I'm going to watch it. Go see it. Um, All right. So is it time? It's time. Okay. It is time for I Don't Think So, Honey. And we're going to get you on a live show one of these days. Yes. We have been every asking. Time, every time I have something, I'm not here. Listen, I'm she's busy. You're busy. She's, she's busy. busy. <sighs> but the thing is, guys, um, just a quick little plug before we continue. Are you coming to see us at Vulture Fest on May 19th, Saturday, May 19th, which is just in a few short days at 8.30? Are you coming to see us in uh, Los Angeles at Echoplex on June 12th? Are you coming to these events? Are you coming to see us at Clusterfest on Saturday, January 2nd, Comedy Central's Clusterfest? We're going to be at 4 p.m. Well, if you're not going go to go to any of those things, at least come to another uh, two events that we're doing at Vulture Festival. We're uh, moderating the RuPaul's Drag Race panel. Yes, and, and we're moderating the Wendy Williams panel, <gasps> which is going to be very interesting. Yeah, because like Wendy, I'm like, oh my god, Wendy is like, we have things. I really a- want to do her show. Oh, oh my you god, should you definitely do her oh, show. I want to do her show so badly. She'll say, "How you doing? How you doing?" Wendy, like, and I, I, I want to. I have to think about, and I'm just like letting this all out and airing this out publicly, like on the record. Like, she is someone who. Everyone, I feel like, goes back and forth on, but she's just oh, so good. Yeah, when she's oh, when she's, she's good, she's great. When she's good, she's great, and when she's problematic, she's problematic AF. F. Which is like why I would love to do her show because I like I could tell her about herself, but yeah, I yeah, could tell yeah, her yeah. about myself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. I feel like we could have. I a think great, she'd be very receptive to you. I feel like we could have a great shady conversation, but also just like a re- self-reflective one. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Well, she is, I think, open to a good deal of shade because she dishes it out oh. for her chat. Oh, and she knows yeah. how to take it, and too. And also, I mean, I think she knows how to take it. It's only when a guest comes on her show and is Omarosa-level yeah, yeah. messy or yeah. Bethany messy. Yeah. You have to be like, open to, like, t- you can dish it and take it. Yes. And I think that that's what she respects. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. That is major. Y'all are booked and busy. We're a little bit booked. It'll be Rizzi? fun. So come see us share the stage with Miss Wendy Williams. Miss Wendy Williams and the Drag Race Queens, and it's going to be very fun. So and fun. also our own show at Vulturefest, Clusterfest, and uh, let's see, uh, June 12th, LA, and then June 29th at the Bell House, you guys. It's going to be oh, very you fun. Heard it here first. Okay, wow. great. So let's so do. I'm comfortable going first. You can go first. This is Matt Rogers. And I hope, I hope that you're okay with me doing this. Oh, oh my God. Well, that's a terrible disclaimer okay this is matt rogers is i don't think so honey his time starts now i don't think so honey that it has taken us this long to quote unquote officially cancel r kelly oh let me tell you something it should have been canceled when he tried to marry a 13 year old let me repeat 13 year old Aaliyah. in the words of my co-host bowen yang (laughs) Colts are so 1978, babe. <laughs> Ain't Jokes nothing wrong town. with a little bit of bump and grind, but there is definitely wrong with imprisoning women. <laughs> you are starting a sex cult, bitch. Uh. Look, I'm sorry, but there is an article out right now which is detailing 43 celebrities oh that have God. worked with R. Kelly and ev- underneath seconds, every sorry. single picture it says, 
the representative declined to comment. Here's what you say. My client denounces R. Kelly. Thank R. You. Kelly is done. Thank you. Five seconds. Take the key out of the ignition, honey. I don't think so, honey. <laughs> oh, R. Kelly went in for so one minute. <laughs> I don't know if I can top that. That is wow. pretty. That's major. Well, that's I did great. use two jokes that Bowen Yang has said before, uh, well, but I did cite. I, I donate them. I have the bibliography on Bowen Thank Yang. You. I was like, I, I don't see nothing wrong with quoting Bowen Yang. Thank yes. you. <laughs> that, was that, also, that was also an R. Kelly joke. Absolutely. And we're allowed to you are allowed. quote, but we're to not diss. appreciating. We're quoting we're, you, to We're using to against. And here's the thing, guys. No, it's over. It's and done. why does Chris Brown have a Grammy oh. after after hitting Rihanna? Not even hitting, beating oh up. My God. Almost killing. Jesus. You really you really have to get it together with these people. If they've done something dangerous, mm -hmm. they're done, guys. Wow. They're done. Yep. There's no discussion. There is a nostalgia element that you can keep to your goddamn self. Mm -hmm. But it's not but they're done. Like I, I want every Lost Culture's listener to know that R. Kelly is officially done. Okay, and we're not, we're not going to continue this conversation for sixteen more years. Mm. Wow, thank you. There you go. I, I mean, mine is not going to be as like fire as that. But let's let's go. This is going to be. Bowen, very... you sell yourself short. I'm, I'm just. I, saying, I believe in you. Thank you. This is. I mean, I'm just saying this is going to be much more frivolous and silly. It's okay. 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 Great, we great, need great, all great. of them. We great. need all kinds. Perfect. And Bowen Yang's. I don't think so, honey. On this episode. <laughs> Begins now. I don't think so, honey. Theatrical spaces that are not in the round, honey. Ah! We went to ah! go see Once on This Island on Broadway Slay. at Circle in the Square Theater. And it, not a bad seat in the house, no, motherfucker. Honey. Because you know why? It was in the round. Everyone enjoys it. No one gets a bad view. We were in the last row in the fucking nosebleeds. And I loved Haley Kilgore belting out those notes. Tony nomination. Tony, Tony nominee Haley Kilgore. Yes. We're rooting for you. Um, oh, my God. If you're... Just look. It's true. Seconds. Eschew the normal layout of theatrical spaces. Get creative. We're not Rome anymore, bitch. No, bitch. <laughs> okay, we are. We are in the new, the new age of theater. Circle in the square. Yes, Circle honey. in the square knows what they're doing. I want everything in the round. Fifteen and seconds makes for good immersive experiences too. We had Leah Salonga what running up and down those steps. Mention her. Mention her. And Leah Salonga, iconic. Lee, Mention the Lee other Lee one. Mead. Oh, and um, oh my God, who, who? Oh my God, Tamara Gray, of course. Tamara Gray was seconds. amazing. <gasps> I, what? I was not forgetting her. Um, I was not being willfully obtuse and forgetting her. And that's one minute. And that's one minute. Wow. Tamara That's Gray. a name I have not heard in a She's while. She's fantastic. I tweeted at her. And she faved. And, and she, she faved and she retweeted and made a little comment herself. She said, what a blessing. Oh, Thank wow. you for the continued support. What a blessing. Excellent. And I said, Tamira Gray is a slay in Once on This Island. Yes, yes. She, she plays is, the concept of death. Yeah. She is so talented. So oh, I'm crazy. so I'm happy to hear that she's You should yes. you should go see Once on This I Island. I love that. I remember seeing that show in high school, like at a local school, and being blown. Oh, it was this not is, in yeah, the yeah, yeah. it was not in the round. That's, mm. There you go. But I'm excited to see it in <laughs> the round. You are right about this. Because the the in the round experience, there is not a bad scene in the house. Seat. And also the the freedom that the actors have to be able to act yeah. in a free but 60 also, way. Yeah, exactly. Because you gotta act with your back. You yes. act with your back. You gotta act with your back. That's this, a whole different side. Literally. This girl, <laughs> this girl that plays the lead, Haley Kilgore, she's a slay. Phenomenal. And Leah Salonga should be named queen. Tamira Gray should be named queen. We did not see Alex Newell. 
but, but we heard he's incredible, and the understudy was fa- fabulous. Yes, yes. We yes. also didn't see Norm Lewis, who I guess is in it a lot. But, wow. But, but the cast was very good, very. and I, I have never seen. Put it on my seen, list. Put it on your list. You must. It just scored many Tony nominations, yeah. and it doesn't have an end date. They're trying to keep it open as long as possible. Okay. Right. So and it's worth you must seeing. Go. Absolutely. You must go. Okay. Okay, Francesca. I'm ready. Are we ready? This is Francesca Ramsey's I Don't Think So, Honey. Her time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Playing devil's advocate? <laughs> Does the devil need you to advocate for him? Uh, I don't think so, honey. Uh, the devil is busy all the goddamn time. <laughs> he don't need you to help. Why don't you just put it out there that you think those bigoted ass opinions? You ain't standing up for the devil. I don't need that to hear you have your opinion uh, about like the gays, uh, about racism, about privilege. Uh, like, no, I'm bitch. 30 just seconds. say what you say and feel what you feel, okay? You Like, the devil, he knows he's dressed, he's fresh, he's hot, he comes ready. He doesn't need you to work for him or speak on his behalf. So don't even slide up in my DMs or in my comments or in my emails. And definitely do not disrupt my Thanksgiving dinner with your devil's advocate ass. Five, five you seconds. can keep it. I do not think so, honey. That's what what a nothing embellishment to anything at all. So Why do you say that? Advocate? Just say that you actually think that shitty, yes. awful thing. Yes. Yes. It's like a get out of jail free card. But no. But it's not. It's not. And also, this is just funny because on our live show, Mitra Druhari, and now over a year ago, did I Don't Think So Honey Devil's Advocate. And oh. she was like, she was like, it's the devil. <laughs> Why would you advocate for him? You know what? Somebody needs to think about him. Yes, and this is actually you. You guys won't ever get to hear this, but the last one you did, which we lost, it was too hot for air <laughs> or our computers because the whole thing melted down. But you said, "I don't think so, honey." People saying, "Can I pick your brain?" You can yeah! listen. If you email me and say, "Can I pick your brain?" <laughs> Like, I automatically do not want to read the rest of your email. If you want to pick Francesca Ramsey's brain, pick up the book. Well, that escalated oh, quickly. Shit. May 22nd. Get the that promo. Are on here. Get the promo. Yes. And I want to say one more time. I love this book. So the, good. This is really good. And it's it's funny. It's entertaining. It's relatable. And you will learn a lot, especially at the end. Yes. There is... um. Francesca's simple explanation of not so simple concepts. A gorgeous glossary. Uh, <laughs> and um, it's really great. It's just a really, maybe, and honestly, even if you consider yourself like a quote unquote woke person, I guarantee there's something in here that yes. you'll learn and be able to take away. And I love it. Oh, I, I, I think it's going to be a huge success. Thank you so much. I'm. This was a great like way to kind of Full circle moment from that lost episode. From the lost up to now. <laughs> yes. And you'll never know the specifics of what 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 went down with Taraji behind the scenes uh, of Black Girls Rock. Was... But just know that Taraji's amazing. Yes. Oh my God. Life changing. That was an anecdote for the ages. Francesca, thank you so oh, much. Oh, thank you for having me. Congratulations. I'm so excited to see all of the cool stuff you all are working on. I always feel very um, special when I see other people tweeting about you or sharing something about you. I'm like, I know them oh. Those are my boys. Um, so yeah, just keep slaying. Oh my god! And thank you for letting me be part of your glow up. Oh, oh my gosh! Please. You're doing you're doing that to us. We and also, we gotta say the picture on the book is looking very fresh. Very good, very good I shit. also love this yellow top. Thank you. Thank Check out the yellow you. top. You need you guys. a pop of color. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Okay, we gotta. We always close with the song. I think I have one. What's the song, babe? Sitting up in, in my room. room. 
But I can't think about you. I must confess, I'm a mess with you. Sitting up in my room. Have you ever loved somebody so much it makes you cry? Have you ever needed someone so bad you just sleep at night? Have you ever tried to find the words but they don't come out right? The boy is mine. Ooh, what a Natalie. I'm had about enough. It's hard to see. The boy is mine. Bye. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.